I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. This is your moment, your time to shine, your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career, and you want an education employers respect. So you're not just going back to school. You're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles ready for next day installation and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring. There's a lot happening these days, but I have just the thing to get you up to speed on what matters without taking too much of your time. The 7 from the Washington Post is a podcast that gives you the seven most important and interesting stories, and we always try to save room for something fun. You get it all in about seven minutes or less. I'm Hannah Jewell. I'll get you caught up with The 7 every weekday. So follow The 7 right now. Expect is a production of iHeartRadio. I'm your host, Heidi Murkoff, and I'm a mom on a mission, a mission to help you know what to expect every step of the way. There's no question that you're excited to meet your baby for the first time, but when it comes to the process leading up to that first meet and greet, labor and delivery, that is, you've probably got plenty of questions and concerns, maybe even a few hardcore worries that are keeping you up at night just as you were trying to cash in on those last months of uninterrupted sleep. Maybe it hasn't helped that you've Googled and seen things that you can't unsee, or that you asked your girlfriends and got an earful of labor and delivery horror stories that, yeah, they clearly embellished a little more each time they told them, but still, or watched a video on YouTube that was just a little too up close and personal, or you saw that film at 11, Mom Delivers Baby in Her Bathroom by Herself. But let's forget about all of that. The focus for now is getting you ready for your labor and delivery, which like every labor and delivery and every pregnancy before it and every baby that follows it, will be uniquely yours. So today, we're here to answer all the labor and delivery questions you have, and maybe some you didn't realize you had, and if we need to, to talk you off a ledge or two, because you've got this, Mama. Promise. I'm here with Emma. 
Hey. I remember my own labor and delivery like it was yesterday, but I also remember yours, which was a little more recent. Yeah. Which one? My first or my second? So your first one with Lennox. I remember you called like in the middle of the night it was. Yeah, it was the middle of the night. I was I was 39 weeks. I was like, okay, I'm ready. I was bouncing on the ball. I ate the labor salad. You know, I was doing everything I possibly could to get this thing out of me. I think there was hot sauce too. I had hot sauce. I had a lot of hot sauce. And then I was sleeping on the couch and I started having contractions and at like 2 a.m. So I started timing them, timing them. I was like, oh, wait, they're getting a little closer. So I wake up my then husband and and us and you of course <laughs> you gotta alert the media and said I think I'm having a baby I'm not sure but I think I'm having a baby and then we drove to the hospital and he was literally born within like a few hours yeah it was pretty fast he was tiny he shot right out he was like five pounds you know Okay, so let's do the second one now with Sebi. I mean, the second one was a little bit more of a production because I had gotten bit by an octopus five weeks prior and I had preterm labor and they had to control that at the hospital. So I was being monitored. It might have been as early as like three weeks. But then I woke up in the middle of the night and I thought I wet the bed and I was like, oh, I think I peed the bed. Ha ha. So my husband and I were joking around. You texted me. I texted. I was like, mom, I peed the bed. Ha ha ha. It's so funny. Cute. Huh? And then you're like, wait, smell it. So I smelled it and it <laughs> smelled sweet. You're like, does it smell sweet? I was like, it does smell sweet. You're like, um, <laughs> you might be in labor. It's definitely a sign when you smell the sheets and they smell like pee then you peed yourself. When you smell sweet, then your water broke. Yeah. So I start kind of freaking out because I was super early. My husband's like, we got to go to the hospital. I was like, I'll drive myself. But wait, first I must make breakfast for my son. (laughs) So I'm standing over the oven, like holding my stomach, making sausages, like crying, like probably like amniotic fluid dripping down my leg. But I was like, I can't not make him his last breakfast as a single child. So I did. And then I drove myself to the hospital. Yeah. We'll talk about that later. Yeah. Mm, good Maybe times. not the best idea you ever had. Thankfully, the hospital's like two blocks away. And I get there like, I and I said to them, I feel like I'm in labor. I'm not sure. Yeah. That's how it happened. Yeah. So with mine, with you, you were substantially late, I'm going to say. Shocking. And finally, I get some contractions. First of all, I hadn't written the book yet. I'm rolling around on the floor of our apartment and I'm writhing in pain. But of course, I don't scream like I'm not crying. I'm just like writhing in pain. And after a while, Eric just like, he, he looks at me and says like, I've never seen labor before, but I got to say this looks a lot like what labor (laughs) would would seem like to me because the contractions weren't regular. So I assume it was false labor. And I'm like the person saying, I don't want to go to the hospital and, and be the one that everybody laughs at because I'm not in labor yet. It's false labor. He almost drags me. He probably carried me actually to a taxi because it was New York City. We didn't have a car. We go to the hospital and I get there. 10 centimeters dilated. Like, that sounds like about right coming from you. Yeah. (laughs) You're going to end up giving birth in a New York City taxi. If anyone will, it would be you. Well, yeah, except for the three and a half hours of pushing your big head out. 
That's another story. Well, Well, you know, my kids got big heads. Karma. Yes. So um, you've packed for the hospital a few times. What are your three most important items to pack? Phone charger, number one. Yeah. I mean, they do give you a lot of things. They give you socks. I packed cute socks, Mm -hmm. but I probably wore what the hospital gave me. What about a scrunchie for your hair? Yeah, that's great. A good scrunchie. Face wipes. Yeah. They're not going to give you face wipes. Those are the essentials. Oh, and a long cord because you don't know where the The outlet's going to be. Yeah. So we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, I will be answering your biggest questions about what to expect during labor. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles ready for next day installation and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. There's a lot happening these days, but I have just the thing to get you up to speed on what matters without taking too much of your time. The 7 from the Washington Post is a podcast that gives you the seven most important and interesting stories, and we always try to save room for something fun. You get it all in about seven minutes or less. I'm Hannah Jewell. I'll get you caught up with The 7 every weekday. So follow The 7 right now. Okay, Mom, so how can you tell real labor from false labor? Well, I'm going to say most moms do know labor when they feel it, but I'm not going to lie because I never lie. Sometimes it isn't that easy to tell, and you just have to ask my 24-year-old self who didn't know the difference or didn't want to know the difference. But that's because false labor, like real labor, 
comes with contractions and those contractions can hurt a lot. So how about instead of calling it false labor, because it's not like you're faking it, you're in actual pain, let's call it by its medical term, which is prodromal labor. And basically, you have contractions that feel real, and they're way more intense than Braxton Hicks. But though they can give your uterus a workout, and they definitely give you a workout, they don't much work on your cervix, and they don't increase in intensity or frequency like real labor does. And another big difference is that if you get up, you walk around, you change position, then they tend to ease up. Now, the really frustrating part with true prodromal labor is that the contractions can literally come on strong as can be, and then poof, they disappear for hours, even days before they come back. And you might have them all night, one night, and then in the morning you wake up, you know, you're all packed for the hospital and poof, they disappear again. So real labor contractions, on the other hand, they may not fit neatly into a textbook definition. Like for instance, mine weren't perfectly spaced at regular intervals, but they do intensify over time and they become more frequent over time. And sometimes it's a long time and sometimes it's a short time. And even when you're up and about, they don't let up. They feel like really bad menstrual cramps. So you might feel them in your lower back, in your lower abdomen, your groin, the top of your thighs, your butt. I remember feeling them really strongly in my butt. And you might feel pressure too. And oh joy, you might have nausea and indigestion and diarrhea too. But if you're not sure, I beg you, when in doubt, check that cervix out. Not yourself, but go get it checked out by a doctor or midwife. Oh, so you can't like watch a YouTube video to like learn how to do that, right? I would definitely (laughs) not suggest that. Okay, so what about Braxton Hicks? Because I had Braxton Hicks for a long time with Sebastian, like months and months and months. And I actually kind of learned to enjoy them, you know? (laughs) It kind of felt like, you're about to poop sometimes, right? That's like, you feel like that pressure and then it goes away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, Braxton Hicks, it's your uterus flexing its muscles. They're just practice contractions, but they can start as early as 20 weeks, sometimes even earlier. And Mm -hmm. weirdly enough, even though they're practice contractions, they're felt more intensely and earlier in moms who've popped a couple of babies before. And that's the laxer abdominal and uterine muscles talking. You feel like a tightening sensation. Your belly gets super tight and pointy. It's almost like an alien shape, right? It's very, very hard. And then the main thing is if you get up and have a glass of water, because Braxton Hicks can be brought on by being dehydrated. You Mm -hmm. have a glass of water, maybe two glasses of water. You take a walk around, you change your position, and then they back off. But one thing, speaking of backs, you don't feel them in your back. You feel them all up front. And that's one way that you can tell that they're Braxton Hicks. Okay. So mom, when's the best time to start timing those contractions? Well, I mean, you can start anytime just to see if they're getting progressively closer together, but it's really best not to become a clock watcher because if you do, you're going to just, you know, get burnt out early on and this, this could take a while, right? And plus, if, if the contractions start in the middle of the night, you know, and they're 
pretty far apart. You want to at least try to get some sleep. It's going to be hard. You know, you're so excited and you're so nervous, but it's best to try to get some sleep. And of course, don't worry because it's not like you're going to sleep through labor. Gosh, you know, if only. inadvertently and end up with a baby in your bed. Wouldn't that be the coolest thing though? That would be so nice. Dream. I mean, ideally wait until they're at least 10 minutes apart or closer. And by the way, you do time them just the same way that you time newborn feedings. So from the beginning of one to the start of the next, not from the end of one to the beginning of the next. When should you call a doctor when you start feeling the contractions? Like at what point should you be like, hey, got to call my doctor? Super early labor can actually happen, start happening before you even notice it. So you might dilate in a face slowly over days or even weeks. You know, a lot of moms will say, well, you know, doctor says I'm two centimeters. So, you know, I'm going to go into labor any day now. Well, maybe not so much because it can be really gradual before your contractions start really coming in hot. So when to call the doctor or midwife is best to have that conversation before you go into labor ahead of time. But when in doubt, like I always say, get it checked out and let the contractions when you do call, let them speak for themselves. Like I tried my hardest to be polite when I called the doctor, of course. And so I was like, mm, I, I'm fine. So the doctor's like, oh, it doesn't sound like anything's going on there. So yeah, don't do that. You'll probably be told to go to the hospital when they're about five minutes apart. But you might need to go sooner if you live far from the hospital or if you have traffic because you don't want to get stuck in traffic. And definitely call anytime if your water is broken or if you have any bright red bleeding. And for sure, it's really important to call if you're having anything that seems like it could be labor and you're not yet term, like before 37 weeks, really important to call. And as we discussed, don't drive yourself to the hospital. That is why God invented Uber. Okay. For next time memo. <laughs> okay. So not my finest moment, not my finest no, it, moment. It all worked out. So what is the mucus plug and how do you know when it comes out and does it have to come out before you're in labor? So I love talking mucus plugs. So let's do it. It's a gelatinous. It's like son of blob. It's like a blob like barrier that keeps your cervix corked during pregnancy. I cannot tell you how many moms have DM'd me in the past, uh, showing me pictures of what they lost in the toilet or in their underwear, and they're wondering if it's their their mucus plug. And it's really, it's hard to miss unless you're like a flush and rush type of gal, you know. But I would pay attention in those last weeks. It can come out a little at a time or in bigger chunks. And it happens, you know, usually as you start to dilate and efface, but it's not a sign that labor's about to start. You can lose it weeks ahead or not lose it at all ahead of time. I lost mine, I think it was about three weeks before my due date, and then you were nine days late. Don't worry also that a lot of moms worry that if they lose it ahead of time, that the baby's not going to be protected anymore, you know, by that barrier. But your body, wisely keeps producing cervical mucus to protect the cervix and your baby and keep them, you know, nice and snug and sealed off, which means, by the way, that you can still have sex if you want to or have a bath, not after your water's broken, but after you've lost your mucus plug. I lost my mucus plug at Babies Are Us. Yes, I remember. I was in the bathroom with you and you shared it yes, with me. I did. <laughs> see? 
it's the perk of having you with you with me while I lost it. Otherwise, I would have sent you a photo, like the women DMing that's you. That's right. However, I gave birth 24 hours later. Yeah, so that's not, I mean, it, it can happen. It, it's just not yeah. a sure thing that you're going to go into labor within no. 24 hours. Okay, so what about the bloody show? So bloody show is a different story. It does mean that it's showtime, <laughs> or at least go time, or go really, really, really soon time. When you see the bloody show on your toilet paper or in your panties, it means that labor is only a day, tops two days away. And unlike the mucus plug, which is clear, it's it's a mucusy discharge that's pink tinged or brown with blood. And that means that your cervix is really getting busy and that you're starting to break capillaries down there. But if it's bright red, you have any bright red bleeding at all, call your doctor right away and definitely call if you have any change in your discharge and you're not yet term. Okay. And what really happens when your water breaks? You know something about this. My water didn't break either time before labor. And it happens, I would say, 100% of the time in movies, including the What to Expect When You're Expecting movie. That was not my idea, but everybody's water broke. In real life, your water breaks only 15% of the time before labor starts. The rest of the time, your membranes rupture during labor spontaneously, or sometimes the doctor or midwife will break them in order to get the contractions kickstarted. And some babies are even born with their sacs intact, which is completely safe and actually super cool to see. I love videos of Isn't that. that the coolest thing? But if your water breaks, you might feel a gush if you're lying down. And if you're standing up, you might only feel a trickle because baby's head is acting like a cork in a bottle. But um, it also depends on how big the rupture is and where it's located. And usually you're going to get contractions within 12 hours of feeling that first trickle. But call your, your doctor or midwife right away, no matter what. And if your contractions don't start on their own, then you'll be induced definitely within 24 hours to prevent infection, but more likely far, far sooner. Some doctors induce as early as six hours, 12 hours. And call immediately if, you're, if your water breaks and, and the fluid isn't clear, if it's murky, dark green, or you're not full term yet. I'm not even convinced that my first labor, I even broke my water because I don't remember any sort of water at any point during my labor or delivery. I think you would have noticed it before, but during, you know, in the moment, you don't notice. Yeah. And there's so many, there's so many wet feelings anyway. <laughs> exactly. So many sensations that you're not going to, you're not necessarily going to notice. So what's the difference between that and membrane stripping? Membrane stripping is something that doctors do routinely, some of them do anyway, to try to jumpstart labor when a mom's due date rolls around and there ain't nothing happening. And sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't work. It's super low tech. They just use a finger to gently separate the amniotic sac from the uterus. And the hope is that this procedure will release prostaglandins that can get the labor party started. And it might happen within a few days or it might not. Sometimes they repeat the procedure a couple of times, but it's not a slam dunk. Does it hurt? It, it can be a little uncomfortable, but some moms really don't feel much at all. You probably will feel some cramping afterwards. And the hope is that you're going to get the cramps that you really, really want, which are the labor contractions. So can I eat and drink and labor? Because I remember I had jello and chicken broth. 
I was so hungry at that point. It was literally like I was at like a Michelin star meal. It was amazing. (laughs) It depends a lot on hospital policy and on doctor policy, but the research, the latest research shows that eating and drinking actually helps speed things along. And plus, in my humble opinion, it's just plain mean not to let a mom eat or drink if she's hungry and thirsty. And also she needs her energy more than ever. So That said, they'll definitely (laughs) encourage you to eat very lightly. So maybe an applesauce, a popsicle, some jello or broth, but not a Big Mac, okay, even if you're super hungry. And and the truth is you might only want ice chips because you're not likely to be super hungry, although, Emma, you're an exception to every rule, right? So hungry. And they'll want you to have something that's easy to digest since your body's already working overtime on labor, so you don't want to add the the job of digesting a pepperoni pizza or anything. And plus, you might have nausea or vomiting and indigestion. Not every mom does, but you might. You don't need to encourage that with a with a gut bomb. And of course, if you need a C-section or you're scheduled for a C-section, you're not going to be allowed to eat or drink. Sorry. <laughs> Who is always in the room during labor? Well, hopefully your partner will be there. And that's a good reason, in fact, to pack uh, in your hospital bag a lot of snacks for him. Probably stick to ones that don't have a strong like onion smell because you're not going to be in the mood for it, even if he is. But that way he doesn't have to go scrounging for snacks in the hospital and he doesn't have to leave your side. If you have a doula, which I highly recommend you try to get, you'll have a doula and your partner And nurses come in periodically. You'll have one for each shift, and hopefully you won't have to labor through too many shifts. That's the goal. And, of course, the doctor or midwife comes in for the grand finale, but midwives tend to spend more time with you. I wanted to punch my husband in the face when he was eating when I was in labor. Okay. I was so jealous. Mm -hmm. I love him, though. Love him. (laughs) I had a whole gang in there. You know, the more the merrier. Like the whole family, I had my mother-in-law watch the birth. It was beautiful. The more, the yeah. ma- as long as they stay out of the danger zone, come on in. Can I walk around during labor? You actually can and you should because it helps baby move down into position and helps you feel more comfortable. But you can't walk if you have an epidural. And if you have an epidural, you have to stay in bed. Even if you have what they call a walking epidural, you're not going to be very mobile and you're not going to want to go anywhere. And when can I get that epidural? So if you're sure there's an epidural with your name on it, Emma. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Look, I'm no hero. Team epidural. Ask when you get to the hospital, which I'm sure you did as soon as you got to the hospital. There's no need to wait until you're a certain number of centimeters dilated. As soon as there's an anesthesiologist handy, you can have one. And anyway, you're probably not going to be admitted till at least four centimeters. Some hospitals wait until you're six centimeters. So you, you'll be ready. You'll be ready. You know, everyone always says, oh my gosh, in movies especially, like epidurals hurt so badly. I didn't even feel it. Both times. You're not supposed to. I mean, moms stress about it, but it, it's really, it's pretty easy. You know, I would say, you say you're not a hero. I would say every mom is a hero, whether she has an epidural or not. And every mom has a different threshold for pain. Yours is yeah. extra, extra, extra low. And mine is extra, extra, extra high. And the other yeah. thing is it's your body. It's your business, whether you have an epidural or not. I think I meant I don't have to prove anything yes. at that moment. You know, I'm like, you know what? I, I don't need to show that I am. Um, 
I'm stronger than I am because I'm not and I, I can't handle pain. And I'm about to, f- you feel it anyway. It's not like when you have an epidural, like it's like a magical unicorn. No, it's, you still have to push. You're still giving birth. It just won't be as painful, but still painful. Yes. And some moms feel less than others do. Some Sometimes, you know, very rarely there's still a lot of sensation or there might be sensation on one side, but for the most part, they work really well. And you you can push with them, but it just might take a little while longer. And you you don't exactly know when the contractions are coming if you don't feel them, and that's the goal. So then somebody's going to have to tell you when the contraction comes so you know when to push. And now, is there a right way to push? I mean, basically the opposite of how I push? Um, actually, the opposite of how I push as well especially the first time I pushed with my face and I broke all the blood vessels in my face. So I was covered with bruises. I think my eyes were bloodshot too. That's a really ineffective way to push. And it did take me a really long time. What you need to do is relax your face, relax your neck, relax your upper body, relax your chest and your thighs, and then push as if you're pooping, pooping out the biggest poop of your life. And those are the muscles that you want to use. Those are the muscles in your vagina and your rectum. And if you tuck your chin to your chest and you look down past your belly, that'll help remind you of where the pushing should be happening. And then you can follow the urges if you have them. Some moms have them, some moms don't to to push. You can do what comes naturally. Maybe it's going to be pushing several times during the same contraction. Maybe it's going to just be giving it your all with one big push. But that's where a doula can come in, a really supportive nurse, even, you know, your doctor or midwife can redirect you or direct you if you're having trouble with pushing and to get into the right position too, because flat on your back isn't the best way to push, semi-sitting, semi-squatting, all fours, but of course you can't do those with an epidural. Okay. So I worried about pooping. In fact, it was my biggest fear during labor because I had just met my husband. Sure, he got me pregnant, but I remember telling the nurse, I said, I'm, I can't poop in front of him. So that was my biggest fear. And I think that's part of the reason why I was so bad at pushing. The truth is that poop happens during labor. And if you try to push while you're trying not to poop, consciously trying not to poop, then you're not going to get anywhere and your baby's not going to get anywhere and you might poop a little bit anyway. And that was definitely part of your problem because you were consciously trying not to poop. And so you weren't pushing effectively. I was also super constipated. So gosh, only knew like what was going to come out at that point, you know? Yeah, actually, a lot of moms have have diarrhea in early labor. But yeah, that's a blessing. I can't even imagine having diarrhea in front of him. Are you kidding me? No, no, not, not, not in the hospital bed. No, I'm talking, when you poop during labor, it's just... during pushing, it's just little drops and they wipe it away so fast that you don't even notice it. And it's not like they haven't seen it before. Yeah. But what about tearing and stretching and all of that? Everybody worries about that. The good news is that vaginas are built to take it. They're remarkably elastic and they have these ingenious accordion-like folds. So they, they open up to accommodate the baby's head. And then they gradually return, you know, close to original size. I mean, close, not necessarily precisely the same, but it's usually not a difference that's perceptible. Perineums, on the other hand, that's the area between your vagina and your rectum, 
aren't so stretchable. So massaging them in the last weeks of pregnancy, you you know, with a finger and a little lubrication, a very clean finger, I might <laughs> definitely, that can help gradually stretch your perineum and get ready for baby's exit. But it only works in first pregnancies. It won't work if you're having your second or third because it's already stretched as much as it's going to stretch. During uh, labor and delivery, using warm compresses and massage can help any mom. And tears happen. I mean, tears are common. Most moms get a tear, usually a minor one. They're more easily repaired and recovered from than the old school episiotomies that I had to have both times. Those really hurt. And Kegels, woman, Kegels. Kegels, early, often. Are second labors always easier than the first? And are they usually shorter? Well, every labor is different. So there's no such thing as always. But all other things being equal, it tends to be a little shorter, but especially the pushing phase. So that's because the situation down below is just a little more relaxed. So the first time, three and a half hours for me, the second time, 20 minutes. And both of you had really pretty epic sized heads. So what's the likelihood that I'll give birth on my due date? It's really low. 5% of babies arrive on their due dates. I, of course, because I, I hadn't written the book yet, I expected you to come on your due date. And we all know that you didn't. Nine days passed by. But, but that's it's so me. <laughs> so you. But that's because due date is shorthand for EDD, which is estimated due date. And that's way more accurate because it's definitely more of an educated estimate than a sure thing. Unless, of course, you have a scheduled C-section. So do people really give birth in their cars? And how common is it to not get to the hospital in time? Okay. So it, it does happen more often on TV. It really happens rarely in real life, especially if you're a first time. But even if you're a second timer, but it happens. I remember a mom on my Facebook page who delivered in the Lincoln Tunnel during rush hour. And she had a really nice cab driver, which was a plus given the circumstances. But it, that's super, super, super uncommon. It's still a good case for when in doubt, check it out. Don't wait for those contractions to be one on top of another. Yes, you want things to get real before you go to the hospital, but not like live at 11 real. And if you had a really fast labor the first time or in a previous birth, what they call precipitous labor, then you definitely want to plan on getting to the hospital earlier in the game, maybe camping out there in the last week, just in case. And when we come back, it's Help Me Heidi. From BBC Radio 4. Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles ready for next day installation and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 
24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Finding the right news podcast can feel like dating. It seems promising until you start listening. When you hit play on Post Reports, you'll get fascinating conversations and sometimes a little fun, too. I'm Martine Powers. And I'm Elahe Azadi. Martine and I are the hosts of Post Reports. The show comes out every weekday from The Washington Post. You can follow and listen to Post Reports wherever you get your podcasts. It'll be a match, I promise. And now it's time for Help Me Heidi, where I'll answer your pressing pregnancy and parenting and labor and delivery questions. No holes barred, no filter allowed. TMI, no such thing. We're all moms here or dads. And chances are, if you have this question, other parents do too. You're not alone. Motherhood is the ultimate sisterhood, and we're here to help a sister out. Emma, who needs help today? Okay, so this comes from a listener who says, I'm so afraid of going past my due date and ending up to have to get induced or having a C-section. Are there any tried and true ways to induce labor I can try at home? Okay, well, let's just say there are many DIY labor induction methods that have been tried and few have any truth to them, at least the kind of truth that researchers look for. So there's no scientific evidence to back up any of them. Still, you're overdue, then hope springs eternal, or let's say desperation springs eternal. And if you're desperate enough to try anything, then there's no harm in trying these at home. We have a few. First up is dates. Now, I'm I'm not talking about the dates that you have with your sweetie, though you might want to stock up on those too while you have the chance, but the kind of dates that you eat. It seems like a random thing to study, but research shows that eating dates in the last month of pregnancy can lead to a shorter, easier labor. And who can argue with that? Mamas who munch dates appear more likely to go into labor spontaneously, so that avoids labor induction, have a shorter first phase of labor, and have greater cervical dilation at admission to the hospital or birthing center. So you ask, what's in a date that makes it so labor-friendly, potentially? Well, I'm glad you asked. Dates have an oxytocin-like effect on the body, go figure, helping to stimulate uterine contractions. They also have laxative effects, like their dried fruit friend, the prune, that stimulate the uterus, along with the bowels. Now, how many dates will you have to pop to expedite becoming a mom? 
The researchers had the expectant moms in the study eat six dates daily beginning at week 36 of pregnancy. Just remember that dates are super high in fruit sugar, so if you've been instructed to mind your sweets due to gestational diabetes, ask your practitioner before you start dating that much. Then there is my preferred kind of date, the hot kind. Sex, of course. As you may have heard, or maybe you haven't heard yet, the prostaglandins in sperm may, like the prostaglandins in medications sometimes used to induce labor, help ripen your cervix, but only if conditions are otherwise ripe and ready. So sperm pack less potent prostaglandins than medications do, though I would say they're arguably more fun to use. And what's the downside? Like I always say, if sex works to get labor started, great. And if it doesn't work, still great. And while we're at it, how about some nipple stimulation, which actually sounds like more fun than it is? I'll tell you a funny story. During the filming of What to Expect When You're Expecting, we were on the set when the characters that were played by Elizabeth Banks and Belle Falcone, they were walking through the park to get labor started. And Chris Rock, who is the leader of the dudes group, he yells out, tweak our nipples. And the director yells, God, God, Chris, that's, that's not in the script. Why did you say that? And Chris says, I read it in What to Expect. So point, <laughs> point being, hours of daily nipple stimulation or as Chris Rock likes to call it, nipple tweaking, may release enough oxytocin to get the labor party started, but it's no picnic, and it can lead to painfully long and strong contractions, plus super sore nipples, and you don't want to start breastfeeding that way. So don't, don't try this one at home without your practitioners. Go ahead. Less painful is that walk in the park. It's not going to necessarily make labor a walk in the park, but it's possible, at least in theory, that it might help ease the baby into your pelvis, pressuring your cervix to begin opening up. And the same theory applies to any vigorous exercise, including bouncing on a birthing ball, which was the last thing that Emma did before her labor with Lennox started. So coincidence, who knows? And now on to herbals. True story, I was nearly two weeks overdue when I gagged down a mug of raspberry leaf tea. I hate tea, but this tea was particularly vile. And I don't know whether it was because it made me so nauseous or what, but two hours later, baby bingo. Another coincidence? Maybe, maybe not. Some studies show that raspberry leaf tea, black cohosh, and evening primrose may be just the ticket you need to hop on the Labor Express, triggering or even speeding up contractions. But definitely check with your practitioner first about dosing and only go there if your baby bun is fully baked. Okay, can you order up labor on DoorDash? In the category of no harm, no foul, no proof, some say that spicy foods, hot sauce, hot pot, four-alarm chili, put a fire in your belly and then show your baby to the exit. Or Italian food. Some say it's the balsamic vinegar in the labor salad. Others say it's the herbs in the tomato sauce. Still others swear it's the eggplant in the eggplant parmesan that edged them closer to labor. Or pineapple, which contains the enzyme bromelain, which when consumed in large quantities, some believe, may contribute to cervical ripening and possibly contractions. Something to explore if you're pining for labor. Now, if you're counting on castor oil, you might want to count that out instead. This is a powerful laxative 
tastes disgusting too, and it's definitely going to stimulate your bowels, which in theory could stimulate your uterus into contracting. But do you really want to start labor if it does work with diarrhea and severe cramping and vomiting? I'm going to go with not. Definitely don't try this one at home. The truth is, and it's not a truth that overdue moms really want to hear, is that babies usually come when they're good and ready. And often that's long after their moms are done and done and done with pregnancy, which leaves you to play the waiting game, knowing only that your time will come eventually and that your practitioner will induce you if not. And as for when that induction might happen, if the baby doesn't come, that depends on how you and your baby are doing. If all is well, definitely not before 39 weeks and almost always by 41 or 42 weeks. We don't have time, unfortunately, to talk today about C-sections and feedbacks, but we will in another episode. And we're also going to talk in another episode about birth plans and all your birth options. But in the meantime, you can find so much more about labor and delivery and what to expect when you're expecting and on the What to Expect app. So Emma, what's your message to moms who are terrified about going into labor? I feel like that was me, but the bottom line is, and this is what I always tell everybody, if I can do it, I have given birth vaginally to two babies. And if I can do it, you can do Amen, it. Amen, sister. The truth is your body knows exactly what to do. Even if your mind doesn't, if your mind is freaking out, what do you think the baby's just going to stay in there? No, your vagina, your body, your cervix, it's all going to work together and the baby will come out. One way or another. The other good news is that if your body doesn't know what to do, at least you have a doctor or midwife who does know what to do. Exactly. Amen to that too. Yes. Love me a good midwife and doctor. And I say, take your childbirth classes, read up, learn as much as you can, and then chill out. Good luck, moms. Good luck. You got this. for listening. Remember, I'm always here for you. What to expect is always here for you. We're all in this together. For more on what you heard on today's episode, visit whattoexpect.com slash podcast. You can also check out what to expect when you're expecting, what to expect the first year, and the what to expect app. And we want to hear from you. Connect with us on our community message board or on our social media. You can find me at Heidi Murkoff and Emma at Emma Bing WTE. And of course, at What to Expect. Baby Love is performed by Riley Beaterer. What to Expect is a production of iHeartRadio. For more shows from iHeartRadio, check out the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. In my arms, why don't you stay? Need ya, need ya, baby love, ooh, ooh, baby love. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. 
Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles ready for next day installation and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited time 2% cash back on purchases. And pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350-plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeart Radio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play.